Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Liam. I'm the owner of PH Nutrition and I'm joined by my partner in crime on these on these shorter episodes, Mr. Luke Hall. Lukey, how are you on this freezing Thursday morning? I'm doing good, thanks. It's cold outside. I like the cold. I'm excited for it gets me excited for Christmas already. Yeah. So I know it's we're we're recording this in November, but by the time it comes out we'll be probably well into December. So yeah. uh, I'm excited, man. This it. is a perfect Christmas day today. Like yeah. cold, not raining, like say frost. Like that's the kind of one I want. Like a bit of blue sky would be nice, but that's the kind of I want some snow. I'm a child, yeah. I want some snow, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want snow like on the days where you haven't got to do stuff. Like, right, yeah. like if I've got to go to nursery, like I don't want to have impact that. Like, no, well, we'll keep the kids at home today. No, <laughs> don't be doing that. But I say around a Christmas period, definitely. Um, but that's the theme of this episode. Um, we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people potentially will struggle with, worry about leading into the Christmas period. And that is drinking alcohol and its impact on exercise and how to potentially navigate it. And I think most fitness professionals and nutritionists will be covering this topic and there's a very simple answer for how to navigate it (laughs) like an adult, not like a student and manage your alcohol intake. But there's a lot of nuance around it. So we're going to dive into some of the, a little bit of research, Luke's favorite study um, that's ever been, well, he wishes he was involved in it when he was in, in college was probably, so we'll go into that. But when we were doing a bit of research on it, I, I found a couple of studies that very large population study. One of them was in Frontiers, which is a bit of a, a review on it, exercise and alcohol consumption, like what we know and why do we need and why is it important. And there's actually a positive correlation between alcohol or exercise, people that are physically active and the likelihood to be moderate drinkers. And this has been replicated across a, a couple of studies. And what they kind of postulated was about is to do with the social aspect of exercise, you know, potentially like team sports, you know, celebrations, you know, you play potentially even like kind of coming right down to that to be like five aside, seven aside, you play and then it's like, oh, we'll have beers afterwards. So the social aspect, you know, of exercise is definitely something that 
these studies kind of said that you know there's a direct correlation to it but for me it's about how it impacts your exercise and for me i know that i have a good relationship with alcohol i do love a drink but man when i've had a drink the the motivation to train is 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 really low is really really low and just to kind of kick things off like this is you say something that your favorite study kind of showed like the rpe and the, the motivation was low but actually there's some interesting results from from this yeah, definitely. So the the study kind of in question, I, I can't off the top of my head kind of remember who carried it out, actually, and I really should because I talk about it too much. And, but it's basically a study that they carried out in the States in um, college athletes where they essentially got athletes drunk and then they made them work out or they made athletes work out and then got them drunk and then took kind of measures, metrics, obviously, within the session, stuff like RPE, the performance metrics, so strength, that kind of thing. And, and they also did some biopsies and looked at markers of recovery across a time period afterwards so after getting drunk after the session that kind of thing and, and as Liam said there one of the the key kind of things that they noticed was in the group that got drunk and then worked out the next day hung over essentially RPE was significantly higher so rate of perceived exertion was significantly higher but the actual kind of strength metrics and the numbers that they were able to put up weren't too different from baseline when they'd measured they the absolute kind of strength, absolute performance was not massively affected. And um, this was in strength, by the way. So obviously it may well be affected with any kind of cardio or any endurance kind of training, that sort of thing. But the main thing was the RPE, that it was tough to get through. But if you got through it, you would still kind of perform similar to if not having drunk. And there was even some people, I think, that, that saw kind of a in, in strength, which could be due to a number of things. Obviously, kind of if you're drinking stuff like a beer there's potentially even a little kind of carb load effect or impact really that we didn't really look into and um, but the big kind of issue with any with alcohol and training from this study was actually recovery for those that trained and then drank and um, so those that kind of had the big strength session and then drank the next day the kind of biomarkers for recovery were much more much worse than um, the team that drank and then trained so it kind of impacts recovery more so than it does performance, even if it feels a lot harder on the day. Which is a common place for people to do the initial one around Christmas. Like, oh, I'll train and I'll make sure I crush my session and then I'll go out. Or then, then I'll, like, say, socialize to earn it, to, do you know what I mean, like getting credit for it, whatever people kind of say. So I do think that if you're looking, like, say, for still improving your performance, improving your recovery, then trying to, you know, manipulate it in a way that's going to help you um, is going to be beneficial. We talked about it. How you do that is potentially not crushing yourself and going full ham before you go out. So like if you want to do something to say, help calorie balance, like that's definitely a sensible strategy. Like if you wanted to do some form of, let's say, strength training, maybe a little bit of low intensity cardio, you know, not absolutely burying yourself in 90 minutes, like the impact of alcohol on that recovery, because the, the you know, your the requirement for recovery is going to be lower. That's going to probably be helpful. And then you can hit a harder session later in the week away from the time that you're drinking. Would that be a practical way that you would advise people to be setting it up? Definitely, definitely. And it's one of those as well, where probably because of that RPE, they're training the next day you probably want to put in as a bit light as well if you're wanting to move. So yeah, um, yeah. if you're going out, I know the most kind of common time that people go out on the weekend, get drunk is the weekend. And that's also most commonly when we have our biggest sessions, right? Because it's when we've got the most time and we go in and we just 
hammer it. Those two things together could be hampering recovery. So it might be just something to sort of change the focus a little bit and be like, cool, I'm going to hit training harder earlier in the week away from those kind of days and, and use the weekends to, yeah, not, not coast by obviously, but to do stuff that's lighter intensity, lighter volume, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and not have the negative impacts of alcohol on the cup. Yeah. I think it's also something that you can include other things such as movement, walking, getting out yeah. the next day, doing biking, doing swimming. If you, you know, if you've not got kids, go into a swim. If you have got kids, take them swimming. You know, like do, still doing things like this on days where potentially after, you know, you don't want to train, the RP is lower, but you can still do some form of movement, some form of fitness. So you get an up gentle run, even, you know, early in the morning, I, I, well, when you wake up, I think that that's a sensible strategy to be able to do it. And I think people worry about calorie balance. They worry about the impact of drinking on their body composition and like how it impacts, you know, well, I've drunk a thousand calories worth of beer, gin, wine, whatever. So being sensible across your week, this is the thing that I want to talk about and the practical kind of setup is that I'm much more for me, I think it's about being proactive if you're going to calorie bank. Okay. So that means potentially dropping some of the calories leaving, you know, of, of your diet to help offset some of the load that you know you're going to consume. So I think it works better being proactive with it rather than going next day, go, wow, I, I over consumed alcohol and whatever. And now I've got to cut my calories down. Like for me, I think sometimes hunger can be increased the next day. Obviously, potentially is an impact in sleep. So then hunger's, hunger's affected by that. And under eating on that day is maybe not something that you want to do. However, when you're in more, when you're not hungover, you're in more, better control of your choices. So shaving a little bit off, like Luke said, being a little bit more intense with your training earlier in the week and banking up that, um, being proactive with it, I think is a much better way to approach it. It also means that you can be sensible with it. By not going, oh, I'm going to just not eat. No, I'm going to eat one meal a day for the next day or the day after or whatever. And I think you can be like shaving things off, I think is the way that we want to be thinking about it if you know that you're going out. And again, this can be something that you do with a bird's eye view of your diet. So rather than just going like, oh, I should, on the day I'm going to restrict and the day after, I think you can be a little bit more sensible with it, increasing your output like Luke said, or shaving your intake is a nice way to approach it. So you feel like I know from a calorie point of view, I've got a little bit, a little bit in credit. Definitely. Sometimes as well, just to, to comment on that, there's, there's a danger of those people that restrict on the day off. There's that danger of going into a night out hungry, essentially. 100%. And 100%. what does alcohol do? Make us make bad decisions. If we're hungry and we're making bad decisions, there's that kind of risk of, um, essentially binge binge eating after drinking as well yeah. we know that alcohol makes us kind of crave certain things so if you do restrict too much that day you're probably increasing the likelihood of significantly more food later in the evening night whatever it is and um, chicken nuggets on the way home that sort of thing uh, as opposed to that little kind of shave so maybe not having a snack on that day and maybe the next day also something that i tend to advise people to do is uh, Liam's talked about being proactive. A little bit of reactiveness as well is sort of looking at, okay, last night, was it, how bad was it essentially? Yeah. 
is it a case of one thing that I kind of like to recommend is that breakfast kind of the next morning? Because realistically as well, a lot of alcoholic drinks got a lot of carbohydrates in. Can it be as easy as just having a high protein, lower carb breakfast and then the rest of the meals throughout the day, normal, same as I always would, as well as that kind of little slight shaving from the day before, creating it a little bit like that. Um, it's something that I tend to recommend. Yeah, I completely agree. Like some days... If you've been sensible with the food choices around your alcohol, like it isn't too bad. Like you've had a few drinks. Yeah. But, you know, like you say, if you've been shaving a few calories off, like the probably the impact of it, if you're just drunk, it's not too much. I think it's the the negative, the, the knock on effects. It's the the poor food choices that night. If you had too much, it could be the poor food choices the next day. If you don't have good food or a plan in place that then rolls into, oh, it was Saturday night plus Sunday plus Monday morning when I got a, you know, cross on Greg's bake in the morning. And actually, it's one of them where if you can minimize it to that night or a small amount of time across your week, as opposed to letting it bleed into a couple of days, that's the key. I think then then you won't see the impact of a night out across your on your nutrition. And I think that's where commonly people notice that the the biggest impact oh i drunk and i put on a load of weight yeah it was because you drunk and ate poorly and then continued to eat poorly for the whole of the next day because you didn't have food in you know and you were eating like say delivery and a poor breakfast and a fry up the next day so a little bit of like say planning a little bit of reactivity to be like oh was it actually that bad no i'm just gonna follow my normal nutrition plan and then we're talking about alcohol and exercise Going into the next day then, because you haven't massively restricted, you would find the next day when you get back to normal, you have enough energy to train like, a, like you know, like you would do, would do normally, as opposed to what a lot of people do is that they have this rebound effect of, oh, I need to cut my calories. The following day, you've got this kind of like, say, domino effect where you've drunk under eight. And then you come into Monday morning or Tuesday morning and you're like, wow, I've got nothing in the tank. Yeah. Um, that's the that's how I would approach it. The common question that we get, Luke, is how do I manage my alcohol on the day? Like what type, what do we always get this one? What drink is best? Like, so it, I mean, it's all, there's always context, isn't there? Whenever you bring in best into the conversation and there's some things that you can do generally to kind of help manage it, to kind of help manage the next day as well. Every alcoholic drink for some water is always a good shout and that kind of helps limit the amount you can take on just based on fluid and the amount of time you might spend peeing as well as obviously helping a little bit with the hangover the next day because one of the worst parts of the hangover as we know is dehydration essentially as with regards to kind of drinks obviously a lot of people kind of focus on the the calorie content of things as a kind of good rule of thumb spirits tend to be lower in calories than your beers and your wines and that kind of thing and clear spirits tend to be the lowest so going for you know like gin slimline tonic that's a classic that sort of yeah. thing are always the ones that are going to have the, the kind of smallest impact from an energy perspective, from the energy that you're taking on. Yeah, light beers, that kind of thing. I also, I, I mean, I don't drink, so I'm one of the, and I never judge anyone that does as well. That would be a terrible thing to do because I, I don't drink because of the ADHD medication that I'm on. But I think alcohol-free beers nowadays as well are a really kind of easy thing to incorporate into a night, even when you are drinking. Even yeah, if you're yeah, drinking yeah. and you don't want to, because realistically as well, the first drink is good. The second drink is also good. The third drink gets you to probably the best level, I'd say. Uh, and then 
after the third drink, for most people, it's hill. Like the the you're not going to get any kind of more enjoyment after the third drink, I tend to think. And so having kind of a non-alcoholic drink thrown in there or after that point where you can kind of stay at that level and also it's not going to leave you feeling too hungover the next day um, yeah. is a super, super useful thing to do. So yeah, not necessarily something that you just have to do if you're flat out not drinking can be worked in um, where you have one or two and then the night's still going on or whatever thing and grab some alcohol-free drinks as well. 100%. I think the beers are the best non-alcoholic versions. Yeah, they are. Like my, my wife, oh, she she went for every wine, gin, everything when she was pregnant. And it was it's all, awful stuff. Like all of the other spirits, I can't, can't get on board with them. They even taste nothing cool. They're awful. But the beers are really good. Mm. Now, I think, yeah, they're not the same. But like you say, we have people come to us and go, I've got work events three days a week for the next three weeks, four weeks. I'm like, okay identify the times where it's well again it's not essential people to drink but sometimes it is because it's do you know what I mean you, you, you want to have a bit of fun and you're with your mates but when you're out with work drinks that many times it might be an opportunity that you use these swaps such as swapping every other drink or swapping your whole night with it you know to to, to have like say non-alcoholic non-alcoholic drinks from a caloric point of view and also from a hangover point of view there's some super benefits there and they still taste pretty good like you say it's not the same but it's pretty good so i think if you've got a lot of volume in terms of your social events like that's definitely a strategy to be able to do it if you care about your health like again this is when people go oh i can't do that well i'm like well there's got to be balance there's got to be balance somewhere like you can't be a boozer for a whole month and expect to still be like in incredible shape and shredded like you have to have some give and take so i think that these strategies can can really really help i do that like say sometimes when you're out and you you want to drink but i'm like three four drinks in like say i'll I'll have you know non-alcoholic one because i don't want to sip on diet coke at that point so it's it's one of them where like i think it's i think it's a nice swap and I think it's it's a very helpful thing to be able to do. Um, but it's just like say the regularity. The other the other idea that I like to talk to people about, which is a little bit I think it's less easier to do, is to create rules. I think if you go into somewhere when you're out with works or workmates or friends, if you like rather than using like the decision on the day, it's like, right, I have a rule on that day that I'm, you know, I'm only gonna drink on Fridays and Saturdays. So if you do go out in the week, like you do choose that, that and people you'll find often don't question rules as much as to be like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to drink tonight. And they're like, oh, come on. Like, it's just, you know, and whatever. And you get into this conversation and then you'll usually be swayed. Whereas if you're like, no, I don't drink till I don't only drink on Friday and Saturdays. If they've got a rule, they can't, they don't come back at you as much, I think. So this is something that we've used with a couple of clients with good effect, you know, within food choices, with alcohol, and just having it as a rule as opposed to a decision that you make on the day often can help kind of give you a bit more clearer lines and empowers you, you know, in that, in that time. But again, it's about trying to fit a strategy to, to that works for you. There isn't, again, like I said at the start, there isn't a definitive answer. The faster you, the more, the more, the more emphasis and the importance that you put on your health and fitness and body composition yeah potentially the the, the more you have to limit your alcohol because it's it, there's no real benefits for training and body composition so 
you got to have that play. But you got to have that balance. But again, it's Christmas and it's a good time to socialize. And you know, for me, I'm like you got to look at the you, you know your health and well being as a as a kind of bird's eye thing across the year. Naturally, this is the time to kind of socialize and you know, get involved, as opposed to kind of being putting so much pressure on yourself to kind of be like when well, we have to stay on track. Like, you know, if you're sensible across the year, you can get in credit, you can sort yourself out in January, and you're not too far away. Yeah, it, it's a it's a challenging thing, and it's a common thing that that we get, isn't it? So, so yeah, like not not having to drink is, is potentially helping you through <laughs> managing your food choices and everything else. But it, it's it's something that hopefully you can you can use a little bit of this advice and and manage it over the, over December and the New Year. Cool. Anything else you want to add on alcohol, mate? I think yeah, we've covered most of it. Obviously, yeah, the food choice aspect. One thing that I always advise to do as well, and it tends to be a bit harder over the festive season when you've got kind of back-to-back days of stuff going on, but is if you know, obviously, that you've got an event on that night or whatever, and making the next day as kind of frictionless as possible as well. So we've mm-hmm. talked a bit about prepping, but but in the practical sense, maybe even prepping the meals for the next day can help Definitely. with that as well, especially kind of that first meal. Uh, overnight oats is always an easy win for that as well, where you know that you're potentially going to have pretty bad not bad but like you're gonna have some some drinks and some food choices that might be off plan on a friday night making sure that it doesn't bleed into the weekend by just having your saturday breakfast ready to go and making adherence almost as frictionless as possible is a super super useful thing to do and yeah yeah, yeah. like i said big omelette was always one and i used to do yeah 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 in the morning because like i say just like I say lower the carbohydrate content of it but i can chuck some veggies in there i could chuck a bit of protein, like good protein in there yeah, and choline and you know, B vitamins that are in the eggs. Like it's always nice to, to kind of replenish them. I say alcohol is a big hit on neurotransmitters, dopamine, mm. serotonin. You feel like you need a little bit of that back in, in back in my system, but it was always that it's super quick, like say frictionless, if they think too much about it. Is your your is that your personal kind of hangover cure as well, Liam? It was. I don't, I don't have too many hangovers now, mainly because I have the fear of dealing with kids with a hangover. Yeah, like I'll it's it. a, a real, real fear. So the one time that earlier on, it was a story one time when me and my wife went to had a, one of our first nights off from Finn. We didn't have, we didn't have my daughter at the time. And it was one of our first nights off and we got so excited. My parents come and took Finn and we were down in Rye and we had a hotel. And we got so excited it was drinking in the afternoon and we're like, oh, it's going to be perfect. And we had drunk espresso martinis at like four o'clock in the afternoon, five, four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon and we couldn't sleep. So we nice. were, we had a night off from the children and we were wild. Like we could not sleep. We had one of the worst night sleeps ever. And then the problem is we woke up and we had to go back and then parent in that afternoon and evening, like even th- we're meant to be like feeling like really, really good. Like, oh, we'll drink early and we'll get to bed. And then, no, it was terrible. So the next morning, mate, yeah, like I don't have too many hangovers these days, but omelette, like easy. I, lo- I don't eat them that often as well. Like it's something that, you know, with just through whatever, I don't I don't eat them as often. I normally have like scrambled eggs and that. So it's just a bit of a treat and I'll just chuck as much stuff as I can into it. Or like you say, I, I sometimes crave something cold. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the, like when I'm, when I'm hungover, I like, I prefer it to be cold than hot. So I'm like temperature wise and my food and everything else. So like say overnight oats, you 
just massive bowls of yogurt and berries and everything else and peanut butter. Like it's a nice thing. But yeah, for me, I always feel better having a bit of an, bits and makes in the morning. So, so that'd be good. But look, guys, it's, it was one of them like managing food choices going into Christmas as well. Like it's, it's all about balance. Like I think people can get wet, put way too much pressure on, on themselves and, and just trying to not be so roller coaster approached across the week. You know, food choices, yeah, it's challenging. But like Luke said, normally it's once you get past a certain level, you don't really get the benefit of it. Like, so like, you know, three, four drinks, like are you really going to benefit from having five, six drinks, you know, maybe switching it up. Same with food, you know, like having a few chocolates. Yeah, it's fine, but you don't need to be smashing the whole box of celebrations and, you know, whatever. But it's, it's a challenging thing. And that's where a little bit of discipline, a few rules put in place can help you to kind of still enjoy yourself, but still you know, make sure you don't undo all of the progress that you've made or give yourself a real uphill battle in January. So that's a, that's something that you can just take into consideration. Cool. And get back to training if you can do something like, you know, the research is out there that, you know, yeah, it's harder, but it'd be worthwhile getting something done. Definitely. Cool. Lukey, well, look, it's almost Christmas. We can talk about this by the time this goes out. Exciting times. For us, it's the first one where Finn kind of knows what he's, you know, he knows what it is. He just wants, just wants everything, just wants every car, every book. But he's still probably still a little bit young, but right. he's still starting to get a bit more magical for us now. So with the uh, toys and stuff, it's gone are the days of the Argos catalog and so yeah. what you want him there, aren't they? Well, we have the Smiths catalog, which is like okay. a toy store, so yeah. it's a nice thing like to kind of go through, but. Yeah, he's so young. He just sees everything. He goes, I go on that. But on the back of our books that we read, he he wants to like, when he sees them, he wants to collect all of the books, like all of the bluey books or all all of these things. So it will kind of tick a few of these off. But yeah, we, we it's a nice thing. Like, yeah, gone are the days of that. But it's still a it's still a thing we can go through it. But yeah, I mean, some of the bloody prices of toys these days. <laughs> but like, no, you're not having that. <laughs> It's like 90 quid for a kid, a three-year-old's toys. Like, it's it's ridiculous. But, yeah, bless him. He's, he's, he's in good form at the moment. And I'm cooking Christmas dinner this year, so. Okay. Get the get it on the egg, put the turkey on the egg, and gammon the number four. Got, got it all set out, so full, full whack with everything. Mate. How about you? What are you doing for Christmas? Nice. Yeah, back up in Leeds. It'll be visiting the family. The same as we do every year. I'll... Uh... Yeah, we, we just last year, now that the, me and my brother and my sister are obviously adults, uh, introduced Secret Santa as opposed to like yeah. Yeah, getting everyone. So we've got a, a big Secret Santa, we've got a novelty Secret Santa as well, where it's obviously a bit cheaper and the gift is meant to be funny. I'm very proud of that one. I can't wait to give that one. So yeah, we get to go back yeah. to the family. Good, good stuff, mate. Well, guys, firstly, thank you so much for listening. If you are a, a listener that has been here throughout the whole journey thank you so much for the support if you're a new listener then go back through the the, the back catalogue we've got some really cool episodes um, that have been very well received and uh, we'll be doing a lot more in, in 2024 so thank you so much for your support hope this has been helpful and we'll catch you on the next episode 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.